on today's episode of Hey, We Need to Talk. Men that act hard all the time, and then you find out that the whole time they've been putting on a front. That is another thing that sometimes our men do, instance where they try to logic their way through emotional situations. It's like compartmentalizing or suppressing. I think the place where I got the most depressed was like really kind of feeling like I wasn't walking my purpose. And then outside of that, as a man, when, when things aren't going probably well financially too, a lot of times we kind of really, really beat ourselves up. I can honestly say that I never once in my life ever felt depressed or anything. And I think it's because I was brought up, I was brought up amongst a whole bunch of manly men that never really showed emotion or feelings. everyone and welcome to the hey we need to talk series my name is Celine joseph and i'm your host tonight is not ladies night it's men's night and we have five special gentlemen with us here today because our topic tonight is men need healing too and we're basically going to be talking about millennial men caribbean men and their mental health so many times mental health seems to be geared towards women but tonight we're going to give the gentlemen an opportunity to speak from their heart and speak about things concerning them that bother them and we really just want to hear their voices and give them a platform but before we jump into our questions and our agenda for the night we're going to ask these lovely gentlemen to give us their names tell us where they're from where they're living what they do for a living a little bit about themselves all that good stuff okay hi good night everyone well good evening whenever time you watch this um my name is shamar linton i am from barbados um i'm a counseling psychologist uh part of the reason i'm on this panel tonight with the rest of the gentlemen here and the young lady who would have invited me uh so what I do, I have my own private practice where I see clients. Uh, I do things like workshops and different things like that. So you can find me um, at step-by-step counseling interventions. You could find me on Instagram. You could find me on Facebook. You could even mail me at sconselinginterventions at gmail.com. Uh, good evening, everybody. My name is Kemuel Brown. Uh, I'm originally from the island of St. Croix. Uh, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I work as an entrepreneur. I have my own business. Uh, my business and platform is called Flying Intellectual. Um, that's at Flying Intellectual on Instagram, where I really just kind of uh, operate in the branding strategy and development space, um, as well as have my own podcast, the Flying Intellectual Podcast. Um, and I also really got into the industry as a professional musician, as a keyboard player and bass player for artists. Uh, arranged music um so that's kind of like the development of me and i'm just always trying to like push the conversation forward and no matter what i'm doing so i'm grateful for the opportunity hi good night everyone um my name is ronald Lewis. i'm from trinidad and tobago um 29 years young uh, i'm currently a sys admin for a small tech company here in trinidad um uh, it's called brown and car computer solutions you can look us up on facebook when you have your time um yes couple things about me i like football just really laid back on show so so my name is celestino arendel i am from saint martin 
Um, I'm currently working in New York um, for my friend startup company that went viral during the coronavirus. Sorry, my bad. I don't know where you're going to put this, but uh, you might have to believe that. Um, which is awesome. Um, and uh, I went to school in the Virgin Islands, um, went to UVI, and I majored in business. Um, and I specialize in creating content for social media. Hey, good night. My name is Shane Walters. I'm from the BVI. I currently work for my country's government. I work in the stats department. Not such a, just kind of boring job. I have had business ventures which have closed because of COVID, but I still dabble in stuff as media, content creating and stuff like that. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Okay, so we're just gonna jump right into this. With our first question, does society's definition of masculinity make it difficult for men to be vulnerable? I guess it's very cultural to just say society in a broad sense is very vague. But in a cultural sense, I can only speak for what I've been exposed to. And I would say that it does. And I think it's mainly because of how men themselves have created that own culture for themselves, for us. Yeah, for, for, for society, society has, has kind of set its standards on what uh, a man should be and how a man should move. Um, and if we, if we really go into the core of like where it all starts, I guess we got, you know, everything pretty much kind of starts as slavery <clears throat> uh, for the most part, um, where we kind of were stripped of that. Um, um, I guess we were stripped of the, the opportunity to, to feel, right? At that point now, the men of the families and stuff like that were being emasculated um, at a high rate. Um, so at that point, it was kind of hard for a man to be able to process his feelings and all of that when he's literally has to work all day, um, you know, get some slave masters off of him, try and just survive the day. Might have got emasculated in front of his wife, whatever, and all, just keep it together and do it all over again because that was just the, 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 that was the premise of how they, they dealt with us and broke us, essentially. So I think, it's like a, I think it's a domino effect of things that has, you know, gotten to today where, um, you know, I, I do believe maybe today, today I think we're probably a little more open to it and we're trying to edu educate ourselves more. We're trying to encourage each other more. But if you were to ask me in general, is there like a stigma on men? Um, yes, I, I would say that society has definitely made it hard for the average man to kind of be vulnerable and to really um, show his emotions. I do agree that society has made it hard for a man to be vulnerable. I do agree with the statement. And I think it stems away from the inception of what a man should be. You know, man's supposed to be the leaders and the person that have it all taught out. The, basically being a leader, you're not supposed to show weakness. And seeing that's how it's been for years, in our generation right now, things have changed a lot because our generation is a lot open-minded. We are thinkers. We don't really care what the older generation did because we considered them robots. They were just doing what other people, we more innovative. We're gonna try to do things differently and make our lives a lot better. So society has made it hard, but for a man, it's not, it's not a bad thing to feel vulnerable sometimes. We are human at the end of the day. Okay, just to jump in here and you know add a bit 
uh, to the discussion. Um, what everyone said before I agree with, I want to extend it a little bit more going further uh, back, similar to, to uh, Shane and what he would have said in terms of more so like gender roles and how they have been specified as in women, females, or more delicate, where um, men, males are rugged. So he was talking about leadership positions and how men are expected to lead out or to be seen in a particular way, which does not give um, space for a man to, let's say, express his full range of emotions. Where women are concerned, women, girls, female sex is more so able to express their full range of emotions. And it doesn't mean that a man doesn't have the full range of emotions, but within society, it's like, okay, it's like you basically join a line, women, men, you go up to the front and they go like, okay, you get to have these and then you get to have these. And then basically we, we move from there. So similar when you said uh, slavery, that kind of reinforced that, even doubling down on it even further. So to the point where it's just like you need to push through. You need to push through as a man. You cannot show these things. And we, we limit ourselves in that way, uh, which then causes um, expressions to happen in various other ways that might not be the healthiest of ways. We are limited and it's societal. And it, it comes out in a lot of societies, not just Caribbean societies. And it's not because when we talk about slavery, we're talking about black people and so on. But if you can see full scope, men in general have difficulty with expressing themselves. And it's, it's, it's very difficult. Once you start to get to the point where you're talking about emotions, a lot of men start to seize up and lock up because they were not taught to do that or to express in that way. So it's like muscle memory. So if you don't utilize the muscle, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work efficiently and effectively. Whereas women now have been told, oh, say this or be this way and be that way and have it reinforced over time. So it's like generalized society as in it starts there and then it, it filtrates down into, let's say, the different cultures and it comes out a little differently, altered a little differently along the different lines. I want to know if there's anybody here on the round table who has ever had a male figure in their life who has gone through periods of depression or if any of you guys yourselves have gone through periods of depression, what was that like? And did it change your perspective on vulnerability for men? Um, so backstory last year, um, I ended up getting some kind of like bacteria, stomach bacteria. I was traveling in 2019 and I ended up getting a stomach bacteria. Um, this thing basically destroyed my life. And I didn't know what it was. And then Corona happened and whatever. So I didn't go to the doctor at the moment because everything was shut down. And then when it was time to get to the doctor, I was basically in chronic pain the whole time. So, um, and that was like about nine months in. So nine months in, I went to the doctor, got an endoscopy, found out what I had and um, the treatment that I had to go through. Um, Needless to say, right before that, 
point of me getting my endoscopy and the year basically ending, um, I really thought that there was no way for me to be fixed. Um, my throat, everything was basically shot. I couldn't speak. I can use the one thing that basically got me in this position right now, my voice. So I was depressed, bad, bad, you know, and to the point where I didn't see the point of living because, um, you know, what's the point of living if you're always in pain, right? So these are thoughts that were going through my mind constantly. And I was just contemplating, how should I tell somebody else what I'm feeling, you know, like tell them what I'm going through. Um, so every, like people knew, like my mom knew I was in pain, you know, my friends knew I was in pain, but I don't think they understood how much pain I was in. And I didn't even know how bad what I had was. It was it's really, really bad. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, so basically I messed up my digestive tract and it was causing like acid, super bad acid reflux. Um, and I didn't even know. So, um, I ended up telling my mom, like, like, yo, ma, like this pain is so bad that, you know, like, you like the pain was so bad, you know, I had to tell her stuff that I never told her before. Um, I had to tell my friends things that they've never heard before. And they literally looked at me and said, listen, bro, if you need anything, let me know. You know, if you need like whatever it is, bro, I didn't know it was this bad, you know? And I think for the first time in a long time, I didn't feel like myself within myself. Like it was, is weird. I don't know how to explain it. I just didn't want to be within the vessel that I was in. Um, so Long story short, I ended up doing a whole heap of things, cold showers. Like I took, like at that point, like it was the breaking point of the year. It was like 10 months, 11 months in. And I'm like, I'm about to get treatment. Um, I'm getting my endoscopy. It took a, a month to get my endoscopy done. But um, at that breaking point, I was just, I was like, yo, I was just telling everybody. You know, I was just telling everyone how sick I was, how I was feeling, everything. And I just felt like a burden came off of my shoulders. And I never felt like that before. You know what I mean? Um, and through that, it was, it was a bit of therapy for me um, in also healing because then I was able to find and solve problems that I wasn't able to solve before without me telling people with just holding it in and just saying like, I don't get through this, the powering through whatever it was I, I was going through. Um, needless to say, you know, friends came to help, just, just a whole load of things. And I know a lot of people go through similar situations where they hold, they're holding in so much that, you know, they implode. And that's ultimately what happened with me. I imploded, like I have permanent ringing in my ears for, I think for life, I maybe, I'm not sure. Um, um, and there's just a, a whole lot of things that I learned from this experience. Don't hold in shit because stress does manifest itself in your body. Um, it, it makes you sick. It, it, it literally tears your body apart. 
And um, from the conversation that we're having about depression and, well, you know, you just ask, um, holding things in manifest themselves in a negative way. Um, yeah, I, I, I can definitely attest <clears throat> um, to, to be having depressive states. Um, and before I get, I guess I get into mine, you know, the question kind of was like, do, did any of like anybody in your life, like father figure or whatever. And I guess like when we're younger, we can't really determine that stuff. It's hard to determine, right? Because we're operating in our own innocent space, whatever that looks like. Um, but now in, in hindsight and in retrospect, you can definitely see, uh, I would say, evidence of places and, and spaces and times where, you know, father figure, you know, father, whatever, uncles, whatever, were having these moments and were expressing themselves in these you know, in these different ways where they probably, you know, once again, that generational thing of, you know, keep it all within, you're a man, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't express yourself in certain ways or whatever. They were doing it in different ways, whether it's drinking, whether it's, you know, these self-destructive ways that we kind of tend to, um, to, to gravitate to, towards as men, especially um, because we feel like it's, it's us and just us. Um, and, you know, kind of bringing it back to me. Um, yeah, there was, there was times in my life where, you know, I really thought, I think the place where I got the most depressed was like really kind of feeling like I wasn't walking in my purpose. And then outside of that, as a man, when, when things aren't going probably well financially too, a lot of times we kind of really, really beat ourselves up because now once again, societal construct is like, you're the breadwinner, you know, you can't go rely on nobody, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think when I, when I had probably my, some of my worst depressive states was kind of like when I felt helpless in that way, when I felt like one, man, I'm not like maximizing my potential, whatever that means, you know, I'm not, I'm not walking truly my purpose. And then two, it was kind of like, you know, I'm not financially where I want to be. Um, and like those kind of, you know, that, that, that weight on your shoulders really kind of feels like, damn, like, it, it's it's you know you don't know what to do um and i think when i started really getting my breakthrough of like being able to talk to people was um you know there was a couple of instances where yeah it definitely got to a place where it was either reveal and talk to somebody that i trusted or it would have been like self-harm and i think i'm grateful that god like really kind of helped you know put people in my community who actually were helpful um, and then, of course, you know, going to therapy eventually as well was it was an in integral part where now, you know, you have someone who um, essentially doesn't have any, you know, any connection to you that that's it's helpful because a lot of times with men too, we feel like if we're vulnerable to somebody close to us, either A, they, hold, they could hold it against us, B, you know, they have their own shit they're going through. So I don't want to like burden them with my stuff um, or C, you just don't want to look weak. Right. So once I kind of got to that breakthrough, um, it really started helping and, and um, helping create balance and a safe space to make sure that I could express myself um, to be able to to be moving towards healing. I can honestly say that I never once in my life ever felt depressed or anything. And I think it's because I was brought up. I was brought up amongst a whole bunch of manly men that never really show the emotion of feelings. These guys, they just start me like, hey, this happened, you don't look at that. You just think of how you're gonna get through it. You make a decision here. 
And for me, honestly, I'm always so driven by my aspirations that whenever I do hit a roadblock, it doesn't ever bother me because I accept that as part of life. And I just try to figure out the other way to get it done. But there was a lot of things, a lot of things in my growing up. Like I saw friends, men that I look up to, role models and stuff. I saw them go through difficult times and they did not stress anything about it. They just thought about it for a minute. They made tough decisions. And I think that is one of the things that have influenced how I am today. So I can honestly say that I never really felt depression or anything. I'm an extrovert or something. <laughs> Well, Shama, is that true? Is it that extroverts have a less of an issue, and uh, speaking about men, have less of an issue when it comes to depression and anxiety, and that introverts are more likely to suffer from depression? And also another thing that Shane said, um, him growing up with a bunch of manly men, you know, it caused him to deal with his issues differently versus what Celestino was saying you know he grew up with a lot of pressure to perform and I mean already as men you know growing up in school but I don't know back in Antigua women the girls performed a little bit better than the guys so imagine you have that pressure of being a male plus that pressure to perform in school plus his parents who are academics but he's a creative so like how does all of that tie in to who we are as adults when it comes to men not we when it comes to men and their mental health? Okay, well, um, first answer, no, in terms of the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. It doesn't really work like that in terms of, because sometimes I think people classify introverts as people who are quiet. Um, introverts have a lot of internal dialogue that happens. They live a lot of their life inside where extroverts tend to gain energy from going around and meeting people and doing things externally. So that's one of the major differences and factors there rather than because there are people who are introverts who are very talkative. They just need to find or be with their friends or people that they're thing with and boy, they will just let it rip. So it's not based on being quiet or not quiet. So um, no. No, for that one. Um, in terms of the other thing, uh, that is another thing that, uh, unfortunately, sometimes our men do in terms of, it's like a instance where they try to, let's say, logic their way through emotional situations. Uh, sometimes they kind of, is like compartmentalizing or suppressing an emotion to get through it. So it's kind of still getting around it rather than going through it because sitting with it. And I'm not saying this is what it is in, in Shane's case or with the men he was speaking about. But in some instances, we would go to being solution focused first rather than processing the emotion that we're dealing with. And then what we may have is a lot of unresolved uh, issues then that may unconsciously have different outcomes because we didn't address it and then it manifests it with its, itself in a different way and it might become a trigger because we didn't deal with it, we didn't address it. So then in another instance, when it rears its head, we might not know this is what is connected to because we didn't take time to actually go through it. 
So then now you find yourself having a lot of backlog of issues happening. And then you're like, well, I didn't pay attention to this. I don't know where it's from. So let me just find another solution for this. Logically, boom, and you go through it that way. But it might still be very much so present. Those are some cases that I've seen uh, personally uh, in dealing with clients and people that are around me, you know. Um, and then if, because when you start addressing things, and this is uh, going back to, I think it's Celestino. Celestino. Yes. yes. What he would have said in terms of keeping things in and when he got to the point of speaking about it and addressing it and going through it, there was a difference that took place because he decided to address it. And then when you bring your awareness to something, you start to learn about it. When you, bring, when you take your awareness from it, it's kind of like having or putting yourself in position to have a very long battle with it and not understand it. And things that we don't understand tend to frustrate us as human beings. When he started to deal with it, he realized there was a difference in how he felt because it was not only a physical issue, but it, was, it became a, a mental issue. And sometimes mental health or mental ill health can have let's say, uh, physiological responses. So then when you put your body under a, a certain amount of stress for a prolonged period of time, because the body is only supposed to sustain a limited amount of stress for a short portion of time, once it starts to go too long, then there is going to be a physiological response to it, and then you will find yourself breaking down, and then breaking down on two ends, physically and mentally. So um, being that he started to address it, that what... Uh, assisted him in the, the mental aspect and then when he got the physical aspect on back and having like a more holistic type of approach, it would assist him. In in Ken's instance where he said, you know what, I and, and the thing he brought up financially, that is something major amongst men. Because that's something that's reinforced. We are reinforced to one, have solutions, all the time know what to do, all the time be on top of those things. And if you don't be on top of those things. We don't normally go into it like, you know what? Maybe I need to do things differently. We go into the part of just hammering ourselves like, I didn't get it right, and I and I am a failure. We go straight into just, it's not like beating yourself up with a feather in terms of learning and progressing. It's just straight drive a hammer at the top of your head because you're a failure and every, and then we look around and why we keep things in is because we can't say this to anyone. Anyone who recognizes or knows we are a failure, that perspective like lives in our head. We have a perspective on it, but then the perspective of others lives in our mind. So then it's just like, I need to do this on my own. So we don't think team, we think how I can get through it. And, and you might hear about the story after it happened. It's easier to tell the story after when you get through it. You're like, boy, I had a little tough time there, and but I get through it. But in the process of dealing with it, it's just like, nah, boy, I, I can't say nothing. I to hide. I have to go somewhere where nobody can find me, see me. Because even if they can detect or with like, hey, you good? Nah, I good. Reinforce like steel just comes down and like, no, I am good, ironclad. And then when that person is gone, you just go in a car and you're just like, boy, I, I feel so bad. Like I, I, I'm not getting it done. And I, you know, but when you have that support system now, like a community, Celestino, when he spoke about community now, 
community assisted him. So he now felt like I didn't have to do it all by myself. There were people who were willing to step in and who were genuine about stepping in and assisting me and not from a place of talking about it later to, to bring it up and put it in his face. Like, you remember that time I had to, you know, fetch out of this folio he, he was in? No, it was more like, I see you, I see you are in a difficult place and I want to assist you because I care for you. But as men, we second guess those things. We go like, yeah, you might say that. But really and truly, when we end there and then those negative thoughts come up one after the other and just start beating through the barricade of your mind, you start to start to drown yourself and then you withdraw. And that's what depression is about. It isolates you. It isolates you. You withdraw from everything and everyone and then you just kind of cycle around and you kind of vacillate between future, as in defeating yourself before it happens, and like the past in terms of regret. So you're like never really in the present. You're going between the two and then it just like just piles on on you.